name is Jacob, and I'm a Norse pagan, and welcome to the 18th episode of the Folk Podcast, take four, because I forgot to hit record the first time, but we caught it early, so we're here again. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about Yule and the Yule Gathering in Kentucky. At the time of this release is the 21st of December, which is typically the time a lot of people celebrate Yule just because it is the winter solstice. And so um, we actually already had the Kentucky Yule the previous weekend of the 11th through the 14th. Um, me and Caleb Baker both went to that. And so Caleb Sherd and Ian, the other co-host, didn't actually get to go. Um, so they're going to be asking us questions on how it went, but also general Yule questions as well. So we don't have a, a guest for this episode. It's just going to be another nice conversation. Um, but I, there's lots to talk about. The video for Yule just comes out at the time you're watching this. So you're going to have lots of Yule-related content. But without further ado, uh, what questions do you guys got for us for the, the Yule season? Yeah, Jacob, the first question that I want to ask you and, and Caleb here is, what exactly does Yule mean to both of y'all? And what are some traditions you would like to pass down for you, Baker, uh, to your daughter, or you, Jacob, to the future people that follow the wisdom of Odin? Uh, I think some of the things that I want to definitely try to pass down is I, I went in uh, focusing like heavily on like Odin and everything like that. Um, one thing, well, one thing I guess we don't need to really pass down is the whole thing of like having a stripper pole at Yule. Because <laughs> that got a little out of hand more than once yeah. or twice, didn't it, Jacob? Yeah, did. I'll take the I'll take the hot tub though. The stripper pole, not so much. Oh yeah, the hot tub was amazing. Hot tub and cold ass uh, lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just uh, you know, just to focus on the folk and you know, all the great food and everything like that. Uh the pizza rolls. <laughs> so that's becoming tradition at every gathering now. So just uh, just things like that. Uh, we've not had anything for like kids yet, but eventually we're going we're going to, and it'll be it'll be good to see what we come up with for uh, like stuff to pass down for children. Maybe not specifically for Yule, but you know, as we figure it out. So I definitely think one of my favorite memories from this Yule gathering is more of like it was an like in the moment epiphany in a way. Like we had just finished the opening ritual, everyone was getting to know each other, and there was probably about 15 people around the fire still. And it wasn't any, it was almost all new people like I hadn't met before. And I stood up and I was, you know, I didn't get like too deep the first ritual. I thought it was pretty calm. You know, it was mostly like a welcoming of the gods and things like that. But I got up and I was like, you know, there's something I really want to start seeing at these gatherings more. And that's the sharing of stories and, you know, the animated storytelling that we would have expected something like the ancestors did, which is why we have the mythology we have now. And so I stood up and I was like, I'm going to tell a tale. And then I want other people to tell tales as well. So I got up around the fire and I told the tale of um, Caleb Baker as the beast of Odin from the fall gathering, which is a, something that like gets mentioned, but has never been like formally recorded or anything like that, which I love, which means it's a story within our group. And I got really animated with it. And then, like at the end, it has a lesson and like has a little bit of power to it. People were laughing. Like at one point, I was talking and I was like, he was covered in head to toe in black paint. And he sat on the woods with a bone on his face. And so that every passerby would look to the right and they would see him there staring at them with those dead eyes. And like, I was just getting really animated and having a lot of fun with it. Um, and like, by the end of the story, like I had a great, you know, I was just like, and what did the, what was the first thing the beast said after hours of silence? Odin! And poured the, you know, the alcohol on the fire and everyone's like, ah! you know and had a really good time with it um and at the end i was like look the next i want you to take this story with you to your gatherings to your homes and share this story and the next time i hear it i want to hear it completely differently i want caleb to be 20 feet tall and covered in blue paint i want him to be out there for 24 hours i want this tale to grow because this is how we write our modern saga 
is by sharing stories like this um, around campfires. And of course, you know, as soon as I did that, everyone was getting up and sharing stories and stuff. So I really want to see those traditions carried on to the next Yule and even the next gatherings is the sharing of stories, the sharing of our own personal mythologies, because I think that's something we've been missing as a heathen community and something that I really think brings us together. I really hate uh, that I missed like my own story. <laughs> we'll hear it from somebody else now. Oh, I'm sure I will. You'd be like, no, I'm Caleb. And they're like, no, you're not. You're not, you're not 12 <laughs> feet tall and covered in blue. You're not fucking tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I guess a good one thing that I've wanted to ask you guys, being both of you um, primarily Odin followers, and I know Yule focuses around Odin and the wild hunt. Do you guys uh, feel him a lot, like his presence a lot more during this time of the year, or especially during like the Yule celebration and the Yule gathering? Um, and did you guys do anything like specifically different for this? Because I know Caleb, you did a another. Odin's bloat, if I'm not mistaken, during this. Was it a lot different compared to, say, like the fall gathering? Yeah, this one was, uh, well, this one turned out a whole lot different, but not so much in the way that I wasn't, uh, you know, I got out the part that was planned at the beginning of it, and then everything just went out the window from there. That, that's the one thing that's like stayed real consistent on it. Because <laughs> um, last time during the, uh, the thing with the beast, you know, I was around for what 15, 20 minutes of it after I let it out and I blacked out. All right. And then this time I got up there on the rock, waited for everybody to come down. And I mean, I felt amazing. I, fe I mean, I, I felt a lot, lit, almost exactly like I did whenever I channeled the beast the last time or let him out. Um, got up there, recited everything that I'd uh, practiced, and I'm um, I started out with uh, half a mile se uh, 76 in Old Norse. I uh, got that out, did a uh, poem that uh, Wandering Idrisil wrote for me. And then I started going into, you know, talking about Odin being on the wild hunt and everything like that. And it just took my words from me. And uh, yeah, I couldn't speak at all. Odin just told me, shut up. I was going to say my side of that is like the craziness that was like watching you on that rock and like going through your lines and then right with the moment you started to notice that something was wrong. Um, like during that night, there was a meteor shower, which was already crazy that you're having this pagan rituals in the clear night sky with a meteor shower already like mind blowing as it was. And literally as he was speaking, I watched a star fall from the sky and it almost looked like it hit him in the head. And that's right when he lost his words. And it was just so powerful because of like how just like combined the moment was and like you're never going to be able to capture that on video. And so it's really something that only people that are there can tell. I mean, shoot, when you watch the Yule uh, Gathering video on Monday, um, you'll notice that the Odin ritual looks like it goes off without a hitch. It looks like nothing happens. We have the opening lines and offerings happen and that's it. Um, but the truth of the matter is the people there, like something strange happened and not in a bad way, just like it didn't go according to plan, but I think it went exactly how Odin wanted it to go. Yeah, uh, and a bigger lesson throughout the whole thing is um, it's time. It was more or less him telling me it was time. It's time for me to you know take a step back. You know, I've I've done him proud as far as what he wanted me to do and taking a step up and everything like that. It's time for me to sit back, be a student, and learn for a while. Um, and then when it's time for me to do something else, he'll tell me. Um, but everything went out the way it needed to. But and as far as you talking about the Odin follower thing and how Odin is this time of year. Last year, this time last year was when I first started working with Odin and now I've been following for a whole year. 
and I have felt him like insane, insane ever since the fall gathering. I had a, I had a moment earlier today where he uh, literally, he screwed me up with some runes and yeah, that, uh, that took me a minute to get uh, my hand on just ever since, ever since you'll just sidelined me with this stuff. Like take it literally taking my breath and I'm just sitting there going heart doing this and everything else. <laughs> so my, my Odin moment before, like basically I was waiting for a sign for the opening ritual to begin. So I kind of, you know, about an hour beforehand, I wandered off to kind of do my own thing, see, you know, what, when I needed to start it. And so I kind of walked to the edge of the dock because we were on a, like a little peninsula on a lake and I walked to the edge of the dock and I was just standing there. And the funny side of this is that there was a gaggle of drunk heathens behind me, like stumbling in the mud and they didn't know it was me. Like one of them was like, what's that out there? Oh, it's just a mannequin. And then they like kept walking and I'm just sitting there like, what's about to happen? And they only made it like 10 feet because it was like the muddy lake bed of the lake. And they all were slipping in the mud. They're like, we got to go back, man. <laughs> and they were all just slipping and covered in mud. And then like one of them tries to run down to the like, he's like, I want to touch the lake. And it's like 20 feet down, all downhill mud. And I just like come out of nowhere, like with my voice and I'm like, if you go down there and fall in, I'm not getting you out. And he was like, oh, like climbing back up the hill because <laughs> I don't think they realized I was there the whole time. Um, but I was, you know, it was funny just getting to observe that because I was kind of meditating myself. And then I was kind of standing on the edge and the wind started to pick up a little bit. And I was kind of reminiscing on like my personal oath to Odin and um, how like my end of the bargain is to gather um, folk around the fire and things like that and how we've done it again. And literally, I just had a moment where I said out loud, um, once again, my oath is fulfilled. And the moment I said that, like, it was just like the biggest gust of wind I have ever felt. It was just like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's time. Okay. And I started heading back up. Um, so I got back up and started the ritual. And then basically since then, like, the wind, like, was super strong during the opening ritual. Um, and, like, I feel like Odin was very prevalent the entire weekend. And I definitely, I know a lot of people had some pretty intense Odin experiences um, and learned some really powerful lessons through the drunken stripper pullness. Man, speaking of the wind, that was how I knew it was time for the final ritual to start. Because mm. literally, it was fine. There was no wind. Oh, you might want to and the moment it picked up, I'm your, like, it's time. Uh, Bye, everybody. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the wind, that was how I knew that the uh, the closing ritual was uh, was beginning because it hadn't the wind hadn't been blowing at all or anything like that. We were waiting around trying to see when it was time for for Jacob to pop up. I was down at the fire pit down below um, the the one we did for the closing, and uh, it picked up. I'm like, all right, it's time. I walked up there and you were just standing there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of touching on again some more Odin and like the wild hunt stuff. Did you guys do anything specifically? for the wild hunt as like a celebration because I know there's to the best of my ability to remember I know there are some uh, traditions involving the wild hunt such as um, well I guess we can't really do it nowadays but I know this is like painting doors with like goat's blood things like that to kind of like keep Odin away from hunting like taking your soul that kind of thing and any uh, I guess any modern day takes on anything like that while you guys were out there um, I would say the most we did um, was more vocal than anything else. Um, we did have like, so Cameron brought Yule goats, but I don't really know if that's tied to the wild hunt necessarily. Um, and I did like, you, uh, Caleb, you talked about in your ritual, the wild hunt. And then I mentioned in my opening ritual, the wild hunt as well. 
And so we kind of invoked it more or less without doing anything specifically tied to it. Um, the part of um, when I took that cow skull and placed it on the fire, part of the thing that I had with that um, was for, for one, where everybody went out, placed their hand on it and put in what, what they wanted guidance from Odin in. The way I had that uh, in my mind was for whatever reason, it seems like those skulls, especially if they have the brain cavity intact, there's some essence of the soul or something like that, some kind of a power of it still in there. Um, Cause that was a big thing at the, at the fall ground. Cause I didn't even know that I took that deer skull off my chest and threw it into the fire. I looked around for it for like six hours the next day. Mm-hmm. Didn't know I did that. Um, and I just kind of came to like, that was a vessel of some kind. Um, so that was the idea I had with it was I place it in there and it just, it releases that up to, um, to Odin while he was on his, uh, on his wild hunt. I don't know, but I'm fine. But I mean, if that ends up starting a tradition, at least just the personal one, then I'm completely fine with that. If I go and I get a skull every year and I place it in the fire during Yule. Well, I think especially, you know, there was definitely a theme of release as far as like the end of a cycle. And I think that was maybe more of the general theme as the end of a cycle and the beginning of a new one was definitely more prevalent. Um, Now, like I will say, like I made a warning. I think it was after your ritual, Caleb, um, where I had to close it for you. And I, I said something along the lines of like, you know, the wild hunt is now like the Odin is riding with the other gods and they will hunt whoever's in the woods. So do not go in the woods alone because you do not know what you will find in those woods kind of thing. And it was, a, you know, it had a nice little warning for him. But the other than that, that's about that's about all the wild hunt stuff we did. Yeah. Speaking about the Odin's blood again, it uh, it was odd for us. We, were, we more or less, it kind of it kind of broke down into where you had like three different sections of it. We had the main one where I got up there and I started and I lost my words. And then everybody came up and did their their offerings and all. You closed it. And then about half the people left, went back up to the main houses. There was 10 people. 10 of us stayed down there, I think. And then uh, I started to get where I could actually speak again because I remember I got up, I placed that skull on the fire. And I think you said something like, we're, we're done here or we're almost, we're pretty much done. And I said, no, there's one offering left to give. And then I gave my, uh, I gave that fish to, to Gabriel and Flaky, and then I gave that uh, whiskey to Odin. And I was able to talk to the wolves, but I couldn't say anything to Odin. I just had to keep that in my mind. So when I poured the whiskey on there, I just did my thing in my head. It was odd. So it sounds like, from what I've heard from some of the stories, a lot of people were having some pretty intense experiences, including yourselves, by the sounds of it. Um, I was trying to think, what other... I know there was quite a few different rituals and ceremonies. And I think, what, Jacob, you said there were six in total, right? Six major ones, well, so what, what other ones were there if you're, you know? Inclined? So uh, there was the opening ritual uh, that I did invoke Heimdall um, to watch over us and be with us because we also started the long night. So we did a Suna bloat, Suna day, Suna night, whatever you want to call it. And so basically the opening ritual like welcomed everyone, but also set the intentions for the Suna bloat. And so we did the opening ritual at like nine o'clock at night, maybe close to 10. And so we had to stay up to like 6.50 to complete Suna Bloat. And I would say like half the people actually made it. Some people did end up going to bed and waking up for when the ritual finally started. Uh, but yeah, I would only say like 20 or 25 people actually made it through the entire night. By like hour, like four o'clock in the morning, everyone was definitely getting a little loopy. Like we were definitely just like, uh, is it six o'clock yet? <laughs> like, uh, um, and then about 6.50 or like 6.40, we all met up to go head down to the lake and sat there. Um, it was a little cloudy, but the sun was peeking through a little bit. And um, we gave an offering for the coming year. Uh, Cameron took off his onesie and jumped into the lake for the first time. 
<laughs> Cameron was wearing like this, like he had underwear under it, obviously, but he was wearing like this little like Santa Claus onesie. And he like soon at the very end, like I popped my champagne for my offering. And then like you just see him just running down to the water and he jumps in and he's like, oh, I have little babies. I have little babies now. <laughs> um, but you know, that was just a really good thing. You know, I, I don't even remember what I said because I was so deliriously tired. But the thing I really loved about that ritual is according to the weather forecast, it was supposed to rain from like three in the morning to noon. And literally it stopped raining by the time we did the ritual. Like it was raining all night. And then by the time we started the ritual, it stopped raining and then literally turned to sun within half an hour. Like it was just sunny and it ended up being sunny all the next day and we had a clear night. So like, it was very peculiar that seemed to happen. Um, so yeah, we did that. So we had the Suna one. And then that night we had two more. We had the Desir or goddess bloat um, where Amanda, Kristen, and Thora all performed that. And then we did have um, the Odin's Bloat that night as well. Uh, Sunday, we had- That was a Freya's thing too, wasn't it? Yeah, that wasn't like, like an Freya official, Bloat. like that was just like a small thing between, hmm. and like that was more of like a spellcraft event. That was oh, less really? of an offering. Yeah, like she had like a spell she performed. So yeah, there was like a Freya spell thing that went on. Um, I participated in it, it was nice. Um, it was like 30 people there. And then we immediately led to the Odin's Bloat. And then uh, we did a Vana Bloat on Sunday, like during the day. That to me was one of my favorite. And then we did uh, the closing ritual on Sunday as well. It's kind of funny that you mentioned Cameron's uh, onesie because around the time that you were talking about when everybody was getting delirious, so it was about, like I said, three, four o'clock in the morning for you guys. That was when I ended up getting a FaceTime call and was privy to some of the madness that was going on that night. And I remember, uh, seeing him in his onesie, he happened to be in the one of the main houses when I was on that FaceTime call. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, how was it with um, that many people? With 60, well, how was the final count? Final 60? count was 52, 52 after all the drops. 52? Oh, okay, okay. How was it with that many people? Because I mean, that's almost, you know, that's 20 uh, more than the fall gathering. My final review for a 52 person gathering is it's a miracle it went as well as it did, but I am ready for a small gathering afterwards. Um, like I felt so accomplished, like for the amount of people we had, the amount of different personalities, it went great. I mean, you can't like, if our only issue is we had people getting a little too drunk, like which definitely happened the first night, but we, we corrected it quite well. If that is our only issue at a heathen gathering of 52 people, damn it, it was perfect. Um, but definitely by the end, you know, of feeding that many people, of getting that many people organized, I was like, I am ready for a gathering of like 10 people again, because that just thing is like a vacation compared to 52. Um, so I think a lot of us are in agreement now that like, we should probably try to aim for one large gathering a year, maybe towards more midsummer, and then all the others should stay relatively intimate and small. That, that seems reasonable because I mean, with 50 so people, that's literally like a small group of soldiers almost like it's a lot of mouths a lot of people a lot of personalities like you were saying to keep track of um so uh throughout the whole weekend this is all going on like i in the discord community a lot of us were talking and stuff but that we felt a lot of the energy going off of you guys or from from the gathering uh is there anything like that y'all seen that really like was different from the fall gathering as far as like magic wise like wandering in the woods like was there an odin tree like you set up in the north uh gathering or anything along those natures we did have the big giant ritual rock we had down the road down there for odin yep and 
it just kept going, being uh, people just kept going back to it after the Odin's exploded. I know myself, I went down there two or three different times. Uh, I went down there the next morning after he took my word, after he took my, my voice or words or whatever, however you want to put that. And, uh, I mean, I like immediately felt, I mean, like, I immediately just felt him and everything like that. I went back to like the way I was the night before and it was crazy. Um, just the, just the amount of energy that was down there. And then yeah. I, I think it was what that Sunday or, I don't know, maybe it was Monday night, whichever it was. I went down there before us at some point, right before we did our final interview with the um, original Ostara people. And that was real powerful. Um, just me and him. We talked about doing it for a little while, but he just finally came up to me like that evening. He was like, we have to go now. But like, okay, let me get some beer. <laughs> yeah, the um, I was trying to pinpoint the energy difference. It was definitely different than the fall gathering. I think the big difference was the fall gathering. We had a lot of very experienced people as far as like magic workers and people that worked with deeper beings. Whereas I feel like the majority of people at this gathering were very new. Like we had certain people like Eric, like Eric is like an anomaly to the universe. I don't know quite what that dude is, but like he is, I mean, one, he's like seven foot tall. Yeah, he was on the podcast. I didn't expect this dude to be like seven foot tall. This guy's a giant. Um, like I tried to hug him. I think I hugged his belly button. It's about as far as I got. Um, and he came in immediately like saging things. Like he had like a uh, cow heart he bought and he like had mm -hmm. us eat raw cow heart and like hooked it up. And he was kind of doing his own thing, but like he made a video that was like really good. Um, and he was talking about how he was just like sucking up all the energy. Um, so the energy was definitely there, but I feel like it wasn't necessarily as tapped into as it was at the fall gathering, I think is the best way to put it. Like it wasn't harnessed as much, uh, but it was definitely there. Um, and I feel like it never got too serious. Like we had some very serious, like, like seriously powerful things happen at the fall gathering. Um, but nothing as dominating, I guess. Is, I, I don't know, Baker, what do you feel about it? Like, it was different for sure, but similar. It was, everything that comes to mind is that it was very different. I, I kept going into it thinking it was going to be super, like super, super, super heavy, you know, focused on the gods and specifically Odin. I mean, he, and he was definitely there, but I, he, he kind of took a back seat to everything that was going on with the folk and the ancestors and everything like that. It was, it was a weird dynamic. It was something I didn't expect. Um, and as far as like all the energy and everything like that goes, I mean, I, I know I didn't, I, I went down to the Odin Rock, but I didn't do a whole, a whole lot of other stuff other than that. Um, I had a lot of like personal experiences with other people. I made some like really intense bonds in a matter of minutes and it was ridiculous, especially with Jeff. I was about to say you and Jeff are best friends now. Dude, for real. I mean, it, it is ridiculous. And I, the thing is, I, ne I hardly talked to him that entire weekend until that night. And then if we, I mean, him had a straight up like two and a half hour conversation. And, and, and I was just walking by him so I could go back and do a tattoo. And he just grabbed me real quick. It's like, hey, I need to speak to you now. And I was like, okay. Well, <laughs> What's and, going on? and I guess another way to put it. So like, where's the fall gathering? I, I was very influenced by like the, you know, the, the I thing where I like just walk up to people. I'm like, you need to follow me. And then like disappear. Like that happened a lot less. In fact, I would say it hardly happened at all at Yule. Um, because I felt like people needed to form those bonds themselves. And they needed to naturally follow those energies. And by the end, literally everyone, like I, I have like a mental list of people and I'm like, oh, they seem a little nervous to be here. I hope they have a great time. I'm gonna check in with them at the very end. And by the end, every single person had come up to me at some point and this was, they were like, this was a life-changing experience. And so it really felt like they were meant to discover those things on their own. They needed, they didn't need me to follow, lead them there. 
Um, but I also think it would allow for other people to, you know, come out of their shell a little bit as well. They didn't need me to force them out of it. I mean, we had some people there that like, they came up at one point and they were like, I don't talk. Like I never talk, but I need to talk right now and share some things with you. And so to see that from several people was really powerful. Um, and I definitely feel like that was the way it was meant to be. I know having talked to um, a couple of the other uh, individuals organizing mule gatherings, I know that is the, the concept of just being with the folk and forming those bonds is kind of what they're, they're focusing their Yule gatherings about so much more than like with the fall gathering where it was like heavy, deep, you know, rituals and magics and experiences like that, where this, where Yule is more of like a celebration of being together so much more than necessarily primarily focusing on worshiping the gods like obviously yes those things are going to happen obviously things with odin and the wild hunt are going to happen because that's you know, kind of is saying a lot of people are doing stuff for scotty and and others like that um because you know it's winter time but it it kind of it makes sense and then hearing you guys talk about it you know where it was more of a time to form bonds and be together with people I think I figured it out. I think I figured out the big difference. Fall gathering felt very God focused and very big being focused where this one almost felt more ancestor focused. Uh, I was gonna say, well, yeah, like that makes sense because to me, you know, Yule and even like, if you want to go into like Christ Christmas or whatever you want to call it, it's about being with your family, being with, with your community. And this is what the wisdom of Odin is. When you go to these gatherings and you talk with these people in the discord or interact with people on Instagram, whatever, you meet up with your fellow pagans, you are basically a family and like you're coming together as one to form stronger bonds. I mean, like look at the four of us. We, we are all basically brothers at this point. All three of us are tattooed by Caleb and we, we love him and, and, and enjoy your work. And I still hope I have the biggest tattoo, by the way. Um, I mean, Space-wise, mine might be the biggest now. Well, let's change that, Caleb. He has, more, he has more ink on his, he but yours ink. is like, as far as like spread, spread-wise, yeah. I mm -hmm. think yours might beat him. But ink-wise, you've got a lot more ink on yours. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're going to have to change that. We're going to have to get like an eagle or something on my back. Um. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it fills up a good bit of room. But like I said, yeah. it's got space in between. Yeah, but uh yeah, no, that's, that's kind of to me, it makes sense for it to be more ancestral worship too with, with Yule because you're coming together as family and as a community. And that's to me what really the Yule season is about. Yes, Odin and the wild hunt, and you're going to honor that. And we're going to do rituals for that and for Suna's Day, but it's really more about just coming together and building those bonds. Well, the real world thing, like with Suna, the Suna Bloat, which I'm so glad we did, is that it allowed, especially on night one, um, is the fact that it basically like semi forced people to bond together, but also gave them the opportunity to bond together because like one, everyone's typically drinking most of the night. So you're getting the bonds of drinking and then you're getting the bonds of like, we survived staying up till seven in the morning together. Like that's a, that's a solid bond to have. Like you, you survived the entire night. And I really feel like after that night, a lot of people's like insecurities or fears or anxieties were completely put to rest on night one. And I think that is such a powerful thing to allow them to experience the heavier rituals. And I tattooed so many people during uh, what we <laughs> Oh, stayed you did up. like 20 yeah. tattoos. Oh, I did yeah. like 20, 20, 25, I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot. Right. I did give, well, I did yours and we, we put that money towards, you know, making sure we had enough to yeah. cover the whole thing. 
Uh, and then I gave, I did like three others as gifts. So I remember right. Yeah. Cause I did Mary's Logan's and, uh, um, Casey's which Casey's was just them two little dots. So yeah, there yeah. wasn't no reason. I, I love the way she shows it off too. Well, yeah, she flips people off now because they're on her middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember that's such a Casey the, the move. Focus, the, the focus I was I remember what I was going in on with the uh, with the Odin's blood. The thing that I kept going on going in on was the focus of you know it's the end of a cycle. You know, there's death and everything like that. But this is also a time for renewal and focusing on you know getting yourself uh, guided where you need to go and where you need to be. You know, moving forward into the next cycle in the next year you know, to become the better, you know, the person that you are. A lot of, like, a lot of reflection and then, you know, guiding your focus for the new year. Right. Well, if I'm not mistaken, our ancestors uh, with the Vikings and stuff like that, that was what they did. They had a big Yule feast, right? And then, like, some of them would go off or whatever and get ready for the new year because you didn't know what was going to happen in the year to come, right? Well, the, the real-world sense of a pagan, any pagan religion, um, you know, pre-Christian era that has a holiday during winter is because you literally do not know if you will see those people ever again, because the chances of people surviving the winter are very low, especially in colder climates such as Scandinavia. So especially your older family members, like it was like, all right, make sure you spend lots of warm time with grandma and grandpa because they may die and you may not get to see them in spring. And then it begins that new cycle in spring where it's like, hey, you lived. Ah. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait for Ostara after all this. It is gonna be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, having having talked to a bunch of the people that have that went to the Yule gathering, that that seems to be the general consensus of it was a good time of of reflection on the, like on oneself um, and looking at what they were going to do going into the new year and into that new cycle. That's not more of a statement, less of a question. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 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 ask uh thank pretty much in every question we can ask as far as what limited knowledge we know <laughs> on the gathering like because it's not like jacob's like secretly here guys here's the video watch right. and ask us questions we're, we're still waiting like the rest of you who are listening to this video by the way i am the first person to comment on one of them already I'm, I'm about to comment with July <laughs> i am i am curious to hear a little bit about the von here um oh there's a guest hold on <laughs> um i am really curious to hear about the bonnier uh ritual that went on because apparently that was a pretty big thing and a lot of people were really into it um yeah no the i think the bonnier ritual to me was the most powerful ritual even though like i was a, a part of three rituals uh, the bonnier one was the first one i felt something in the sense that like i felt called to do something outside of leading rituals naturally um, cause I was just sitting there recording and the most powerful thing about that ritual is how the echo returned itself. So, you know, um, Logan, uh, Parker and Zach would come out. They, they summoned the Vanir gods and goddesses, and then they opened it up for uh, offerings. And basically at the end of every offering, they would say like, hail Freya. And the way we would shout it like hail Freya, it would hit to the other side of the river, uh, other side of the lake. And you would hear it bounce like Freya, Freya. And then the third time it got louder. And like, I don't know why, but it would just be like Freya, Freya, Freya. And it was almost like it was getting called back to us from the other side of the lake. And it was so powerful because that happened several times. And I think in the video, if you pay attention to the last one, you can hear it. Like I got it, I captured it one time, but each time it did that. Um, and it even did that during the Odin's bloat, but we only noticed that like once. Um, so it really felt like, and what I, I uh, adhered it to is um, hearing the callback of the ancestors on the other side. 
um, is really what it felt like. And so while I was listening to that, a bald eagle flew across the lake. Mind you, I don't think bald eagles are native to Kentucky. Um, and you might be thinking, no, maybe it was just a hawk or something. No, they had seen this bald eagle when they were setting up the altar. And I asked them like, hey, how's the altar getting setting up? And they're like, oh, well, um, yeah, we saw a bald eagle while we were setting up the altar. I'm like, you're lying. That's a hawk. And sure enough, I'm sitting there during this ritual, a bald eagle is flying on by. And I'm like, okay, if this isn't like a sign, an experience, like, how could you not feel this? And so I felt really attached to that. And I was like, this is ludicrous. Like, I really just had like a moment of introspection. I'm like, we are sitting on a beach, worshiping an old nature gods. It sounds like the ancestors are calling to us from the other side. And a bald eagle is flying across the lake. Like, what more do we want from this? <laughs> you used the F word. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna language, bleep. Jacob. Language. I'm going to bleep this one out because that's the only way to describe a bald eagle <laughs> I, just, I remember seeing I just it and i didn't know what it was i thought it was a big like herring or crane because i heard people talking about like herrings and stuff now bald eagles get really huge i mean that's why it's one of our nation's oh, yeah, they, they symbol yeah they, they, they could pick up a small child and take away with them and eat them yeah. see it's, it's it's things like that that happen at gatherings or rituals that always stick with you the most so like for example i remember at the fall gathering it was when chris and i had come back from our little adventure into town and we had come back to the property and as we did you said these two massive crows blackbirds that they were definitely not your common blackbird but there's two of them just circling over as we came back and both of us noticed it and looked up and we we're just like okay and then we you know went back to the house and everything and then i remember on the very last day when everybody was you know hugging goodbye and everything like that there was just a single massive blackbird that just started circling around the house as we were all just like leaving and it was just like one of those things that if that had been any other day you would have been like oh it's a bird you know whatever but in that like situation and in that that moment you kind of think about it like all right, who's up there watching right now? Who is that? Like, what are you doing? Well, and don't forget um, the white coyote thing that happened. Yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. like literally, like Jason was driving away and like a mile down the road got stopped by a white coyote. And it's like, and the coyote was just sitting in the middle of the road, apparently looking at him. And then sure enough, like within that same time frame, we looked to the left and there's a white coyote running around our, uh, like the house. And it's like, what? Mm. And that was right when the spooky stuff started happening anyways. Yeah, yeah, it was fall gathering magic just went a little wild. Um, no, I will, I'll never forget standing there by the edge of the woods, um, after that fire ritual, and then something just something reached its hand out, like grabbed me right here and turned my whole body side. Well, there was some I mean, real spooky. for people listening. I'm a big guy at that time, I weighed, I weighed 300 pounds. You know, it's not that easy to just turn me, you know, like I was nothing. And I think that's the greatest, so I don't know what it was, but. Yeah, I think that's the greatest moral of the story when it comes to like gatherings in general is like, well, and like the faith in general, people ask like, oh, how can you believe in these gods? Like you don't have enough information to really like go off of and things like that. And I'm like, once you start having experiences, you can't deny it any longer. And yeah, you might sound crazy to some, like when you say, hey, something grabbed my arm and like shook me in the woods. Like, okay, yeah, that might sound crazy to someone that's not been through this, but then you talk to other people and they're like, oh yeah, that happens. 
And it's like, yeah, because it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You're going to sound crazy because the normal person nowadays isn't going out and experiencing these things. They're not going out into nature. They're not doing things that we're, we pagans are doing. And it, it doesn't matter what, you know, if you're Norse or uh, Greek or whatever pagan you want to throw out there because uh, we're out in the nature we're out trying to find these experiences see these things that no one else is really trying to tap into and so naturally these phenomenons are going to occur like you were talking about eric like come on like that guy has seen some stuff when we interviewed him i can't wait to meet him one day because that guy's awesome i might be overstating his height but that man is huge <laughs> he really is like, i did not i didn't recognize him because i didn't think that he was going to be that tall the only reason right. that I knew him, I was like, wait, I know those gloves. I've seen those <laughs> and he drove in his freaking turbo diesel truck. Yeah, the biggest freaking vehicle you could think of. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I, I want to get Ian, Chris, Eric, and Autumn in the same room and just let them do their woo. And that's when oh, literally it was, it was like how we all thought Ian yeah. was a little dude until we made him at the fall game. It's like, whoa. No, he's a, he is a little dude. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's like three foot tall. What are you talking about? He's yeah. Yoda. Yeah, he's like, a Yoda. Last night they were making him like custom pants or something like that. So he could like active, like reach his pockets. Like what did I oh, walk yeah, into the... with that one conversation? That was so weird. It, it was, yeah, one of the average uh, long table roasts of Ian on my height. Usually happens yeah. at least three times a long table chat. You yeah. know, it comes and goes at ways. <laughs> We, we we got some new memes out of it though like for those yeah. of you that don't but Ian's like yoda or and more recently he's uh the new uh guy on blues clues he's, he's stepping in for steve there <laughs> we have another clue blue <laughs> all right bringing it back to paganism um right. so just so i can take this thing off my face because i've basically been wearing it and so i can talk about it let's talk about this weird thing on my face that no one else can see um so caleb you had one i don't even know what these are called like this called something it's kind of like a shaman mask is all i, call I mean it. that's what i that's what i would call it. it's a shaman mask it just but i didn't i never thought about having one until uh really like two weeks before it, it was time for you all i'm like i need something to cover to cover my eyes i need something like that so i was like okay i've got this big piece of like buffalo leather i'm gonna cut it up and make it into a shaman mask and then uh ended up making one for jacob as well <laughs> Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what we're referring to, I think the best way to describe it is um, it's something that Heilung has been wearing for basically ever since they were around. Like the lead singers yeah. of Heilung, Maria and Kai, both wear them essentially to cover their eyes with a, while also allowing them to have a little bit of vision. Um, you know, almost like just little dangly bits that hang out in front of your eyes. So no one can really see where you're looking um, unless it, like, it moves in a certain way and you can only get a brief moment. Um, so it really does add a very like spooky nature in the sense just because like, they can see your face, like your mouth, but they can't see your eyes. And um, so how did, how did you like wearing one, Caleb, at yours? It was, uh, I don't know, it was like a big thing in, in, like in your head as far as like it was, um, it keeps people from being able to see your eyes as far as like it, it, like it blocks you off and that's, your eyes are what make you human. And so it makes it to where you're perceived in a lot different way. Um, kind of, well, really like what kind of what you go for in, in rituals, you know, you're kind of like a, a conduit or, like an in-between like the uh, the gods and like the spirit world in the in the physical realm yeah so it kind of um, helps turn you into something it's kind of like how when i did the berserker ritual i painted myself entirely like completely black because it was the whole idea of transforming my whole body into something different yeah and i think uh, you know and kind of what i talk about in the video i talk about like ritual garb like as long as it has a purpose why not 
And it's not like I'm using this, like one, it does look kind of cool, but also like, I'm not doing it just because it's cool. And it's taken me this long to really want to do this. Like I, I recognize that the fall gathering, people not seeing my eyes was important. And I didn't have something like this. I just used a t-shirt. And then even going into this final ritual for the Yule gathering, I wasn't planning on this. I mean, shoot, what was it? An hour and a half before the ritual? I was like, hey, I kind of want one of those. And um, truly really the reason is because I really think it's important for people not to see my eyes, especially since like, I mean, let's face it, you know, I have 25,000 subs as this episode on YouTube. Most people know who I am, especially if you're going to a gathering. So they have this preconceived notion of who I am and what I stand for and what my voice sounds like. So I do think it's really important for me to cover my persona so people don't see it as Jacob's ritual or the wisdom of Odin ritual. They need to see themselves in the ritual. They need to see the gods. And I do think it's really important for people to disconnect me from that, which is why it's also important not to talk about me during a ritual, as some people yeah. do. <laughs> I don't understand why they kept doing that. It was I like mean, three people in a row. Yeah, the the last the last two uh, gatherings you've you've channeled. I mean, I, I I don't know what you feel whenever you go into that when you start speaking in that voice, but it, it's a very specific one. Um, but I I don't know. I did. I always get these like heavy, heavy ancestor vibes. I don't know who you're channeling or what the hell he did while he was alive, but damn it, he's powerful. <laughs> I oh, mean, that's I the only to, I can I put. Have to, I have to bleep you out now too. I see how it is. I'm just saying. I'm, gonna... ta I'm talking to. What what else can I say about your ancestor? <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. that dude has that dude has some power. Yeah, that's I don't. Know. I and again, it's say. one of those things that's really hard to like put into words. But essentially, it's like. I wasn't planning on it. And then I was doing my walk around trying to get into the mindset for the ritual. And it was almost like the, let me out. Like you need to let me out and do this. Um, and it does feel like almost like how Odin like travels to Helheim to unearth like old seers, you know, to give him knowledge or even the start of the Volispa, you know, just like going up like, hey, I need you for a time. So it is almost like, you know, going to an ancestor and being like, hey, I need you to speak for me. Um, and so it, and this one was quite different because I was doing the smiling thing. Cause I also was thinking, okay, how can I make people feel off and not see it and, and get a different reality from it? And so I chose to smile for the hour and a half long ritual that it ended up being. And I just smiled the whole time as I looked around and I almost mind people. So like, I wouldn't want to call it like Loki vibes but almost like trickster vibes in a way. So maybe some Loki vibes, I don't know. But like people would tell stories and I would like kind of mime it a little bit like not all the way, but a little bit uh, to the point where like someone said something about Christianity and I had my wooden spoon with me and I like moseyed on over to him and smacked him with it because he talked about Christianity at our ritual. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, that no, was wild. It's interesting too that, you know, like you, you did that, like you started, you know, committed to having that shaman mask as we're going to call it now because I'm actually in the process of working on one myself for a very specific ritual garb that I am working on um it's gonna be a little bit different it's not gonna be quite just like the leather tassels I'm actually gonna be having coyote teeth hanging from it so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different but yeah it, it is that like taking away your own personal like appearance your own like you as a person like that's, that's not you anymore it's something else it's like it's that mindset that you get into um, when doing a ritual. Well, even now, like looking at this, like I put on my glasses and I'm taking it off. Like you can look at that and be like, oh, that's Jacob. But like, yeah. it's not like with it on, it's like, I don't know, what's going on there? Yeah, exactly. And I, just, I still knew it was you. I'm just like, okay, he's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, even, even with like ritual paint, you know, like 
at the fall gathering and at the Texas gathering, you know, I, I brought back my, like my now like famous hell paint that I did. You know what I mean? Like people know that like that is, that is something that I do and they know that it is me that does it. But like when I put it on, you know, it kind of changes my own appearance in a way where like, as for example, like at the uh, Texas gathering, you know, it, my, uh, Mikey's reaction to that when I finally started, like when I got into the mindset and started the hell's boat that I did, you know, the, the timing was perfect. Like you guys were talking about, like there's a certain point where timing to do a ritual, just, it has to be that time. And for that situation, it was the, the fire light has started to die down. Like I remember seeing a change in the amount of light. I was like, this is it. Like I had that, that voice in the back of my head saying, go. And with the amount of shadows that were covering me, it was covering my unpainted half of my face and it just gives that that extra spookiness you know and that that extra like mysteriousness to the whole ritual as a whole as you know that's your tale that's it the, those are the that listen to this podcast those are the texas gathering we can tell about the hellboy yeah because i never even heard about that yeah uh, Okay, so that's right. We hadn't really we talked about the Texas. Well, no, Sarah at a Sarah at a gathering, so other people can't know. Okay, I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. keep it mysterious. All right, so this episode's just now reaching over an hour, and for the most part, I hope this is like not necessarily answer questions, but kind of filled in some more blanks for people as you watch the Yule Gathering video. Hopefully, um, at the premiere, if you're catching this uh, uh, podcast episode early or after the fact. Um, so this is really just subsidizing that information. I hope it gave you a little bit to little bit to drive you forward. I mean, ultimately you got to come to one of these things to truly experience the magic of what happens at these gatherings. Um, you know, that's not even a self-promotion. That's just a fact because these gatherings are wild. Um, strange things happen. Not only do we have a good time because there's things like stripper poles, which we won't have anymore because that was bad. Um, because let me tell you, it was all dudes. Um, was not fun. <laughs> but I, everyone had a great time with it. Like it definitely was like everyone was getting a little drunk. People got on the stripper pole and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you guys are having fun. Goodbye. And I left. Um, but ultimately everyone had a great time. I think a lot of people worked through some stuff they really needed to work through and not to mention this crazy time of our lives in this 2020 near in 2021, it doesn't look like our lives are going to get any less crazier. We all need this. We all need that escape. We all need that spiritual healing. So if you do, if you are interested in joining these gatherings, um, you know, it's always a work in progress. Got to remember that we started these things less than a year ago with nine people. And now here we are with 52 people in Kentucky, like 15 in Georgia as of right now. Um, and then like a handful of like 30 to between 30 and 40 more people in January are all going to gather as well. So this is growing. It's blowing up. It's amazing. Um, we do want to promote these things outside of the discord community, but quite frankly, is the easiest thing to do in the discord community because it allows us to talk to you, get to know you before we have you come to these very intimate and sacred events. Um, so if you are interested in joining the discord community, the best way to do that is to join Patreon. Um, it's Patreon at the wisdom of Odin. It's really easy to find to search for the wisdom of Odin Patreon. You'll find me, uh, the $5 tier gets you into the discord and that'll allow you to start conversating with all of us hearing our, you know, hearing what we have to say about the other gatherings. And it's a great resource. There's over 450 people in there. So I hope you join. Um, and also I, I don't promote it a lot on the podcast, but I know we mentioned the discord a lot in the podcast. So people probably actually want to know where that is. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and end this episode. And if you are interested in being on the Folk Podcast in the 2021 season, because this year is almost over, um, we're going to need to start talking about these episodes. Um, so please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com, thefolkpodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, if you want to suggest a topic or even be on the show. So with that, without any further ado, I wish everyone a happy Yule and until the hall. Oh, oh.
Go! Go! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he did it to get us back. He did that to I get know. us back. <laughs>